Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8 and 16-bit era. I am Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Dragon Warrior. And this week, due to some uh, unforeseen technical uh, limitations, uh, we have a special guest in the Cartridge Command this week, uh, the one and only Abby. Yay! Say hello, Abby. Hello, Abby. Are you going to tell me about the history of this game? Oh, right. Uh, uh, Eric's not here, so I will take that duty. Um, Dragon Warrior was published in Japan in 1986 and later brought to the U.S. in 1989, uh, and it never saw a release in the European or Australian territories, as far as I understand. Oh, shame. It was made by Chunsoft, which is a uh, a small company formed by Koichi Nakamura in the early 80s. Mm. Dragon Warrior was published by Enix in Japan, again in 86, and then later uh, published in the U.S. by Nintendo themselves. And let me ask you, Nick, is it called Dragon Warrior in Japan? Ah, well, I'm glad you asked me that, because it is not. It was, uh, it's always been Dragon Quest, mm-hmm. but they had some legal issues. I believe Dragon Quest was a, a board game or something that already had the trademark in the U.S., so they had to come up with a different name when they uh, localized it for here. Mm. Um, it's the brainchild of uh, the aforementioned Koichi Nakamura, who founded Chunsoft with... Uh, like four other people, I think there were five people total, small company, but him and uh, he knew Yuji Hori, who is the real scenario writer of the game, and they met and uh, they both won this uh, Enix make-your-own kind of game contest they would have in the 80s. So they, they kind of knew each other from there, and then, you know, that was in 82 and 83, and by the time uh, 86 rolled around, they were both fans of RPGs, uh, Mostly, you know, at this point, Western ones like Ultima and Wizardry, and they wanted to make one that was more palatable for the masses in Japan. So, yeah, they came up with Dragon Warrior. Um, Yuji Hori was also a writer for Shonen Jump magazine, so he was able to uh, enlist the talents of Akira Toriyama, who is of Dragon Ball fame, and, you know, he's the illustrator for the whole series since. And also, the music is by Koichi Sugiyama, who uh, is... Awesome, I guess, uh, previously had experience as a writing like jingles and composing stuff. Like, they, I guess, was a big name in Japan at the time. So, star-studded uh, uh, game creation. Did anything change about the game when it went from Japan to the U.S.? Uh, yeah, a little. They they kind of buffed up the, the graphics a bit. And, you know, it has its famous... Uh, so these are better graphics than... Somehow, yeah. <laughs> you might, uh, I, I have never played the uh, original, actual like Famicom Dragon Quest, so I can't really say. Mm. But I know we got a save battery that didn't have one before. So oh, okay. I believe I had those ridiculously long passwords that those poor fools had to enter. <laughs> so what kind of game is Dragon Warrior? Well, Dragon Warrior is... Possibly the first JRPG. Um, It really set the standard for most console RPGs for years and years to come. You know, you've got all your standards uh, of the of the genre. 
like journeying around, gaining experience to go up levels, getting gold, upgrading your equipment, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all of the the conventions of the of the the this of RPGs really were started here. Yeah, I you know I never realized how conditioned I was by uh, the RPGs that I have played. So when I did start playing Dragon Warrior, which it was my first time, right. and um, there were so many things that I was expecting to be, just like other RPGs that I had played, uh, that were not present in this game well, at all. You know, it, yeah, it wasn't quite as uh, refined as a lot of later games would be, but uh, it, you know, you can see where it was coming from the PC games, where you have your different, like, very menu-based commands and stuff, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But which would later be, you know, trimmed down. But uh, you know, it was a fine thing here, um, and so. Real quick, I guess, RPGs, like we said. You're journeying around, like, you know, you're on a quest, usually, to save a princess or the world, or both. You fight creatures, visit towns, talk to townsfolk or mystic folk that seem knowledgeable about <laughs> yeah. things because they have long beards. Lots of lots of wise people. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, if you don't know what an RPG is by now, then um, this is a great place to find out, but there's really not a lot to say about the actual gameplay. Like, it's just you wander around, exploring, and combat, and that's really about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no no puzzles or side quests or uh, cutaway scenes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no cut Movie scenes. quality animated cutaway scenes, yep. Okay. Do you have anything else? Or? Well, I, I mean, so as far as what the game is, um, you are a warrior. You travel the land of Alfgard. And, you know, you only have... Later RPGs, you'd have, you'll have you have a ton of stats, you know. These, and especially, you know, if you think of... They all spawned from Dungeons & Dragons back in the day. So, mm-hmm. and this is a very uh, reduced... Like, there's not that much going on. You only have, like... You have your level, hit points, magic points... Uh, gold and experience, you know, those are your five big variables. And then you have a few stats, strength, agility. That's about it. (laughs) Yeah. And your quest is actually very clearly stated at the beginning. It's uh, find and defeat the evil dragon lord. Yes. So you know what you're up to in this, in this bad boy. Mm -hmm. And, and in this, uh, so you are the, the titular dragon warrior Mm -hmm. and you are the only playable character in the entirety of this game. That's true. This is a rare... This is You're a solo warrior. There is no one else in your party. Yeah. And that's one thing that you know really defied my expectations based on playing RPGs before, uh, is that you are one character and you fight one enemy at a time. Yeah, it makes uh, certain things very uh, difficult in certain ways. Like, a lot of your combat strategies won't work if you only have one person, mm-hmm. you know? So Yeah, yeah. It's all resting on your shoulders. <laughs> yeah, so normally, you know, you walk around, you have an overhead view. Yep, you have your, your world map, um, where you can see your character as you traverse the varied terrains uh, found in Alephgard. Yeah. Uh, such as... What do you have? Trees? Yeah, you've got forests um, and just grassland plains. Uh, there's hills, which are really mountains. They're noted as mountains in the uh, manual, and then craggy mountains are the gray, impassable ones. Ah, okay. They've yeah. always just been hills and mountains to me. Well, they look like hills. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you've got uh, swamps, 
they deal a damage when you walk through them. Poisonous swamps, and you'll see caves. You can enter those and explore bridges and uh, towns and castles. Mm-hmm. And there is water, which uh, only serves as a divider in between the, the islands of Alephgard. Yeah. That was another RPG uh, standard that was turned on its head for me. <laughs> I think the, the first thing I asked you when I turned it on is I was like, okay, so I get a boat at some like, point? No, or I get a, bad boy. I get an airship. To go over these <laughs> mountains, but no, no, you you traverse the entirety of this world on foot. So yeah. Anyways, it's very menu driven, um, and you have your main kind of uh, action menu, so to speak, where you have talk. Use that to talk to people. Um, you can look at your status. Uh, it'll show you your brief stats and equipment. You have the stairs command, which you use uh, to go up and down stairs. They don't just automatically do it like in other games. Kind of a pain. As well as, you know, your standard search around. Uh, you can use spells, items. There's a special command to open doors because you'll need a magic key to do it. And, and what's it called? It's called door. <laughs> appropriately named. Mm-hmm. And finally, take, which you really only use to uh, open treasure chests. Now, when you're in combat, you have a smaller menu. You can only fight, run, use a spell, or an item. Mm-hmm. So. And you cannot do those things outside of battle. Not normally. I mean, there's some spells you can use outside battle, but... Yeah. Uh, well, technically, you can use all the spells outside of battle, but you'll use them, it will take your MP, and then it will say, it did nothing. <laughs> Tough luck. Uh, <laughs> so you'll also, um, like many RPGs in the future, you will uh, explore around the towns. You will find shops there of several types. There's weapon shops, general stores that, you know, you get tools and various things. We'll go through those in a few. There's also inns. Where you can uh, pay to stay the night, recover your MPHP. Yeah, and although unlike many later games, you do not save your game at the end. Uh, you can only save your game by talking to the king, Loric. Yes, another RPG standard. Turn on its head for me. <laughs> you can't save at the end, and you can't save on the world map. Or anywhere except for with the king, by talking to him. And letting him record your deeds. On the Imperial Scrolls of Honor. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, you get, uh, there's also key shops, and uh, there's some shops where you can buy the magic fairy water. And uh, so, since we've been talking about these shops, do you want to talk about some of the things you can buy? Yeah, certainly. Um, okay, so, purchasable items. Items that you can buy at shops in towns. There are herbs. Ah, uh, yes, the medicinal herbs. And they restore hit points. They're a little stronger than... Uh, then your heal spell that you'll get, you know, pretty early on, but these are kind of your go-to healing stuff for a while. Yeah, yeah, it's about 20 to 35 hit points, actually, per, yes. per herb. And they're fully legal now everywhere in Alephgard, thanks to <laughs> King Loric the 16th. Exactly. Uh, another item you can get are the wings, which are wings of the wyvern. And once you use the wings, you are transported back to the castle of Tantagale. Yes, uh, and it's very similar to the return spell that we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also torches. Mm-hmm. These you uh, you need to light up caves once you go inside. Yeah, there's a different. Uh, the dungeons are a little different um, than uh, a lot of other RPGs in that you know these are the overhead. First of all, they're not first person like most dungeons were before this game, and you can only you can't see anything normally. But if you use the torch, it reveals like one tile around you of light. Yes. Later you'll get a spell that's radiant, which has a bigger radius of, of visibility, and 
I, I think it's a cool touch, kind of. It makes the dungeons uh, different enough from most RPGs and a little more interesting, I thought. Yeah, I actually definitely liked it, especially since the the dungeons, I mean, it's just a square, and then smaller squares <laughs> making fighters, <laughs> you know, and, and making it into a maze. And if you could just see that all at once, I mean, it would be you would just fly through them. Yeah. So I feel like the the challenge added by um, decreasing your ability to see, I think that really adds to the, the fun of the dungeons. Agreed. Agree that. Call them fungeons. Mm-hmm. All right. You can also purchase dragons scales. Yeah. I mean, that's just a one-time purchase, though, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's not... It's not like you could buy more than one and use them. Yeah. I mean, it, it slightly increases your defense, I guess. Uh, yeah. I it's you don't really equip it, but you kind of do when you use it. It just adds on. You buy one and you're yeah. good to go. Yeah, and you buy them at the general store too. You don't buy them from the armory or the right, weapon shop. Right. Yeah. Uh, then there's fairy water, which I actually don't know anything about. I didn't buy it when I was playing this game. Oh, it's I mean it's pretty much the same as the repel spell. It makes it to where uh, most monsters, you just won't encounter them as you're walking around. Uh, it reduces the encounter rate significantly. Mm-hmm. At least uh, all the very weakest monsters won't, uh, you know, attack you. Mm-hmm. And finally, there's keys. Yeah, magic keys. Uh, you, they're one use of piece, though, and the doors generally respawn when you leave the screen, so you really want to make sure you get what you can out of them when you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and all these items, you can only hold up to six of any one item. Yeah, yeah. So herbs. I mean, the only things you would really carry would be keys, torches, herbs, wings. Um, I guess fairy water if you stocked up on it. And dragon scales, I mean, you only use that one time. But yeah, so that's something that you have to keep in mind, Mm -hmm. is that you can only carry six of these at a time. Yeah, and I mean, you don't have that many slots in your inventory to begin with. You can only hold like ten things, I think, or Mm -hmm. somewhere around there. So it's not not like the later ones, we have a huge inventory inventory. of of every item. Yeah, and if you, um, say, if you find something in a chest and take it, if you don't have a slot for it, uh, that option will, will... it will pop up asking you uh, what you want to discard if you want to keep that item that you found. Right, right. Yeah, so um, anything else we can buy? Well, yeah, actually, there's uh, armor, of course. Armor that you can purchase. Um, the lowest thing that you can get. So the the cheapest piece of um, armor that you can get are clothes. Yes. Just you don't want to be a nude warrior. <laughs> simply titled clothes, yes, which... Uh, for some reason, you don't start out in clothes when you're tasked with this mission. Right. Well, you know, you got to do it on your own. You're a self-made dragon warrior. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then there's uh, leather armor. That's like a step up. A little bit more expensive. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it gives you a little bit more protection. And chainmail is the next step up. Also, uh, a little bit more defense. And then you can get half plate and, of course, full plate. There's also a small shield. Large shield and, and a silver shield too. There is a silver shield. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. <laughs> um, and then of course there are weapons. Uh, the weakest and cheapest being the bamboo pole. Yeah, what a! If you're going off to kill a dragon, that's a pretty good start, right? Yeah, first stop bamboo pole, which you have to buy. You can't find a bamboo pole. That's <laughs> <laughs> not. I mean, there's forests all around. Uh, then there is the club. A little bit more powerful, a little bit more expensive. Then copper sword, hand axe, broadsword, 
Flame Sword, and there is also Erdrich's Sword, which is not a purchasable. Yeah, that's sword. true. And there's also uh, Erdrich's Armor as well. And Erdrich's Armor, which you don't buy. You, no, you those. Must, you must quest for them. You must. And then there's also, uh, finally, we have uh, spells. There's quite a few spells uh, in this game um, yeah, that you will just earn them as you level up. And they're they're pretty basic. I mean, you have a heal spell, which is a you know it heals you like fifteen to twenty HP, I think. Yeah, I think you start that at is it second level? Uh, it's like third or fourth. Yeah, because yeah, you get that and hurt. One. Yeah, it's yeah. heal, and then you'll get uh, and that takes four MP. Um, hurt is your next spell um, that does a little damage. Um, it only costs two MP, and uh, those are both pretty quick. You get them at like levels three and four, I think. Then you'll get Sleep, another really awesome spell. Puts monsters to sleep, obviously. Uh, in a one-on-one battling system, that's very useful because then it gives you time to actually heal. Because that's one of the downsides of, you know... Well, we'll talk about it more in a minute, but... Yeah, and those last three spells, those are also spells that the monsters can use against you. Yeah, yeah, they, they can use a couple. Yeah. And then uh, after Sleep, you'll get Radiant. We kind of mentioned it before. It's a Super Torch spell. Um, you can get Stop Spell, which prevents enemies from casting spells if it's successful. It doesn't always work. And same for Sleep. Yeah, that's another one that the enemies can use too, is Stop Spell, to keep you from using your own spells. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you also you get an Outside Spell, which teleports you outside of a dungeon. Very nice. Uh, that's for 6 MP, so the costs are going up a bit. Uh, you'll get a Return Spell, which returns you back to the castle. Uh, Tantagel, uh, just like the Wings of the Wyvern. And then finally, or getting close to the end now, you get Heal More, which restores like 80 to 100 M- or HP, but it costs 10 MP, so it's pretty steep, but definitely worth it, because by this point in the game, any of your healing items are very, they're almost useless, especially in battle, because they restore less than an enemy can hurt you for, so it's not worth taking an action. But Heal More, that'll get you there. And what's last? And last but not least is Hurt More. So, uh, and what for, does what does it do? Well, it hurts, but more. More. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's five MP, and it's uh, you know does does a pretty good amount of damage. So really, it's only five MP. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's not too bad. Mm. It's cheaper than I thought. Mm-hmm. And one final note about gameplay: um, when you first start, you name your character. And an interesting thing that I discovered, I did not know this before um, when I was a youth playing this game, yep. but uh, both of your both your starting stats and your stat progression throughout the game are kind of determined by the letters you use in your name. Oh yeah, you told me about that. It's a weird system in that, you know, it's kind of like numerology. There's a weird chart for that you go down and, and if you look at each letter it'll and then you... They have a numeric value that you add up and then divide by like 16, and then that gives you take the remainder, yeah. and that tells you this different stuff. Uh, I wonder what your name would have to be to be the best character. Well, it's interesting because it's like based on the remainders, you know, you can see a chart of it where those the differences aren't that great, but uh, like it seems like the bigger the remainder, the better. Like mm. if you get up to like a 15 remainder or 16, which obviously is the highest you can go if you're dividing by 16. Um, you'll get a slightly better stuff, and then your stat progressions are all pretty even. It's just it basically of your four stats, two of them will be better than the other two. Mm-hmm. And we we actually compared our stats at level twenty to see, and we, I think we had the same stat progression. 
I think we did too, but ours were off. Yours were uh, slightly better than mine. Yeah, by, by like two, two points. points. So I think that was those were probably starting stats. Yeah. Okay. But I mean. Well, what did you name your character? I was Ninja Car. Oh, I was bollocks uh-huh. with an X. Yeah. Well, and you're all caps too, which have their own thing in the. Oh. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, it's kind of interesting, even though it has very little actual bearing on the game itself. But I thought it was kind of a neat, neat, neat choice. It adds some randomness into the game. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, what's your personal history with this game? Well, all right. I have a I have a pretty long history with this game. It was one of the first NES games I got. Um, I still remember. I think. Well, I guess, I'm guessing it would have been my ninth birthday. And I had uh, asked for Super Mario 2, and I went with my friend, or went with my mom to go pick it up. I called ahead to ask them to hold it, and they said they would. They did not. And as a young, impatient nine-year-old, I could have waited to get it, but I was like, no, i got to get a game today. And I saw Dragon Warrior, which, I, you know, I was a little familiar with it from Nintendo Power, but, you know, I didn't really understand what it was, so I didn't... You know, I was just kind of nonplussed by it, but I do recall, while looking at that very magazine... My uh, my very religious grandmother saw it and informed me that it was uh, the equivalent of Satanism. And, uh, you know, I was kind of whatever. But then um, at that point, I was like, wait a minute. Grandma said this game is evil. And she only says that about things I really like. So I got it and it it worked out. Like, <laughs> uh, I really liked it. I mean, at first I was still kind of, I didn't understand it fully. But at the time, I was also kind of figuring out Dungeons and Dragons because me and a close friend of mine, his older brother was away in college, but he had left all these old first edition D&D books. So we were looking through mainly monster manuals, checking out the monsters and, but trying to figure out their powers, you know, all these weird rules and terms, hit points, movement. Like I didn't, we did not understand what was going on, but once I got into Dragon Warrior, it started and then it really clicked. And I was like, I'm hooked. I'm in it for life. So was this your first RPG? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, but what about you, Abby? Have you ever any history with uh, Dragon Warrior 1? Well, I have never played this game, but from time to time, over the years of knowing you, <laughs> which is many, um, you know, I would maybe just see you playing a game, and I'd ask you what it is, and you'd you know, tell me, oh, it's Dragon Warrior, and I would promptly forget it. Um, but I recognized enough of it, you know, like um, the... Uh, battles, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what that looks like. Uh, so I recognized enough of that so that when I did sit down to play it this time, mm-hmm. uh, for the first time, mm-hmm. I, I recognized and I thought, oh my gosh, I've seen this game. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've, I've seen it or heard the music from it, uh, from you playing it. Um, but yeah, this was my first time playing this game. And I've played other RPGs and liked them, but of course they're, you know, newer Right. Um, well, I mean, I'm so, young. so, well, what was your first RPG then? Well, my very first RPG was actually Final Fantasy 1. Okay. Yeah, and I played it, I think I was about seven years old Okay. Uh, when I played that, and it was thrilling. Right. Yeah, and I, I really liked that, and, um, you know, hadn't played a lot of video games uh, since then, but video games that I do play are usually RPGs. Well, that's kind of why I chose this game and you. I was like, this would be a good fit. I know we've played RPGs together. Mm-hmm. I know that you are a fan and a veteran. So Yeah. And um, like you said, for Dungeons & Dragons, see, 
my introduction to Dungeons and Dragons came after playing RPGs, mm-hmm. and I didn't fully understand D and D until you explained to me that D and D was an RPG, just right, like that, right. and then it clicked, and I've been a, a player and a stellar DM since then. Indeed, indeed. And so, um, well, we kind of talked, kind of touched on this a little, but your recent experiences played through this game. I beat it. Did you? Yes, I beat this game. <laughs> We're just checking. They don't know that. <laughs> yes, I definitely beat this game and, and and enjoyed it. Okay. Well, and even though I already know the answer to this, uh, I think we both looked at the instruction manual for this fine game. Yes, we did. So we'll move on to that section now. Now, the manual for uh, Dragon Warrior uh, is pretty good, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was very informative. I mean, it tells you every single thing that you can get, how to use them, why you would want to use them. I mean, they really, uh, they, you know, well, first off, okay, it's 32 pages, so it's a little beefy, mm-hmm. and uh, it's full color. You got some, some good artwork and screenshots in there. And there is no notes section. That's true. No notes at all. <laughs> or enemies. That's okay. The king is keeping track in the scroll. <laughs> yes, yes. Scrolls. He, uh, yeah, so, I mean, they really did a good job, I think, of going through and kind of explaining how to play this game, what it is, because they didn't expect you to know. But, uh, you know, they go through a lot of the stuff. We already detailed all the spells and weapons, etc. But, uh, and there's a little kind of mini walkthrough at the end that will guide you through the first, like, four levels. You know, they tell you to, like, you know, hang around Tantagel Castle, level up, get some experience, you know, fight these things, then you'll be able to move and maybe make it to the next town. So it's, it's pretty light and brief, uh, you know, intro. Yeah. Now, some people might have benefited from there was a Nintendo Power subscription giveaway, famously, which I was not part of and was a little angered because I already had a subscription. But if you got a subscription to Nintendo Power, they would give you a free Dragon Warrior game because... They uh, grossly overproduced it. It was such a big hit in Japan that they expected it to move a lot here, but it really didn't. Um, you know, it's uh, that's something that I do actually remember about this game uh, before playing it and really knowing what it was, was I read an article about how in Japan when Dragon, well, it's called Dragon Quest there, but when Dragon Quest games are released in Japan, they, um, they had to change the day of the week Oh that yeah, released yeah. Because so many people would call off work if they knew the game was coming out. I think it was because of I think it was Dragon Quest three because that was like the biggest one. I, my personal favorite of the ones I've played, but it was like at that point it was such an established huge hit, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Look, you can't do this anymore." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're screwing with our economy. Yeah, I, I like how they had to organize to uh, combat video game playing. Yeah, but anyways, if you were a beneficiary of that giveaway. You also got a, uh, it came with like, you know, not only instruction manual, but a strategy guide and maps and stuff. So there's a lot of scans of things out there you can get a hold of. And I recommend checking them out because a lot of the artwork is done by my favorite artist. is definitely Nintendo Power. One of my favorites ever, uh, Shuji Imai, is uh, just great. Uh, check it out. Uh, lots Usually does artwork for video games like this or Final Fantasy, RPGs, medieval stuff. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, I recommend everybody uh, searches that guy out. That's an order, cartridge commandos. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move along to general chat. Sure. Okay, so 
I really gotta say, I wasn't, uh, I was uncertain going back because this game has a very grindy reputation, and it is well earned, but it really wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Like, I kept track of a lot of, uh, I actually timed most of my grinding out to see, you know, how long does it really take, because I thought maybe it was one of those illusionary, you know, like, it seems like a long time, but it's not. Well, you know me, Nick. And you know that I like a good grind. Yeah. So this uh, this game was actually right up my alley, and if it weren't for the time constraints, I definitely would have probably tried to, to be more analytical about it, like you were right, describing. Right. Um, but uh, doesn't mean I can't go back and play it again. Oh, that's true, it's true. Um, I uh, tried to note good places to grind, to my experience, because, you know, the early levels, one through four, you know, you're looking at a couple minutes, five minutes of grinding. Yeah. To go up a level. Not bad. Well, I can actually tell you how long it takes to get from level 1 to 7. Oh, yeah? And, yeah, that's because the first day I played the game, I got to level 7. The next day I went to play again, grind some more, level up, kick ass. And I accidentally saved over that game (laughs) and had to build those levels back up. So I can tell you that it did take me roughly... Uh, I would say maybe three hours. Oh, okay. From one to seven? From one to seven, yeah. Three hours. That sounds about, yeah. That's mm-hmm. kind of, yeah. I know, um, but, and then I kind of made some averages here. From levels five to ten, you're looking at about 15 to 20 minutes per level. And then 11 through 20, you're like 20 to 30 minutes. And mm-hmm. that's assuming you're, like, I really compared different areas, different encounter areas to try to find the ones where it had the most uh, experience points per minute of real time yeah like, you know i wasn't i wasn't trying to save the most money or anything i was just like i want to see how you can get through this the fastest the so. most bang for your buck yeah yes yes yeah, i know that feeling and i felt the same thing at playing this game yeah i mean it's kind of lame but it's like uh, the economist in me really kind of likes grinding where i'm like i'm going to find the best place and you're really hoping for good battles and you know getting the most out of how you know these guys are worth more, but I can kill these faster. Which one works out the best? So mm-hmm. I was able to entertain myself uh, with that for a good while. But at the very end, when it was like, all right, you just got to level up for four levels. I was like, ugh. Yeah. The, the biggest, you know, from like 16 to 20. And I'd already, I knew where I had to go. I knew where the best spot was. So it was just like walking in a circle. Kind of boring. Well, I did actually feel the same, Nick. Yeah. So any, any more gameplay from you? More gameplay? Um... Well, like you're saying with the with the grinding, like the enjoyment for grinding, um, it, it really does come from like the management mm-hmm. of uh, you know your stuff, your points. And one thing about this game is that it's just you. Yeah. It's you're just one warrior questing, and so on one hand, that's kind of limiting. Because you can only carry so much stuff. And, yeah, and you only fight one enemy at a time as well. And you only fight one enemy at a time. So you have to heal yourself and attack. Heal yourself and attack. Yeah, it's not. It's almost never worth healing yourself in battle until you get heal more, really. Because, you know, very rarely it's like you'll heal 20 and they'll hit you for 10 or 15. And mm-hmm. it's, you have to heal like four times, wasting all this MP just to get back to where you, you can afford to attack. And, you know, yeah. without taking damage again immediately. Yeah, so the name of this game really is um, just ascension from low-level, cheap gear, and then just increasing those all the time. So the game is really linear, and yeah. it has a, a pretty narrow focus. It's. Uh, I think it says a lot for the actual RPG 
you know, genre that it's like, this is the very core. It's barely there. Like they just do all the very minimum, you know, integral parts of an RPG and it still works. Like I, I was like, I'm actually a lot less bored than I thought I would be just from, I knew I was, I was powering up. I'm, I'm building characters. Yeah. Yeah. And since that is the, the only point of the game, you know, is to just get stronger and stronger. Um, I feel like it's necessary to have the desire to yeah. grind up and get stronger and stronger um, because you're not going to get anything else from the from the game. Right. right. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think about the music in this game? Because I love it. Like, I have a lot of nostalgia because you know, there's what four or five songs probably you hear repeatedly over. You know, the battle music, the overworld music. Like, I love the overworld music. I think it fits that it, it's very lonely. Like, it's yeah. kind of a like a flute or, you know, it's just like a flute and some accompaniment and you and it's just like you're off in this world alone. Yeah. Man against Alephgar. Yeah. One thing about that music, the overworld music, is the um, kind of tempo, the the beat it's keeping. Um, it kind of sounds like the ticking of a clock. So it, it, mm. it's, um, it does remind you of how much time <laughs> you might be taking to get somewhere or to get something. I think most people, I mean... Especially with this game, it, the battles generally require so little attention when you're just grinding that put on a podcast, maybe a cartridge command or another, or just some music and just, you know. That's exact. I did all three away. of those things while playing <laughs> this game. Podcast shows and listen to music. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed myself very much. Hmm, well, and one last thing that I love about this game, and I, I think it's kind of divisive. Some people don't like it, but is the, uh, you know, kind of old English localization like you get a lot of ye oldies and thou's and and thy yeah you get like thou hast yeah uh, they, they have a lot of passive verbiage thy, too where yeah you don't do things things have been done or yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so like when you are in a battle and you hit your opponent the message pops up and it says uh the slime has been reduced oh, yes, hit points have been reduced hit points have been reduced <laughs> And then when you get hit, your hit points decreased by however much, which right. is just like a just much wordier way to say you dealt damage, you took damage. And that's just kind of a, a, an easy, cheap way to make it sound fancy or, you know. I mean, I guess from what I understand, this type of uh, English is more like Elizabethan as opposed to strictly medieval, mm-hmm. you know. But, yeah, I, I mean, can see that. Maybe this game is Elizabethan. We don't know. I don't think the graphics uh, could... You could really tell the difference between, no, you know, 880 and 1580. No, I don't think so. Uh, a funny thing about the language is that when you buy something from a shopkeeper, uh, well, specifically from um, the weapon store, mm-hmm. and you buy something and they buy your old item. Yeah. Because yeah. remember, you don't equip anything. Just That's once you true. purchase it, you just have it equipped. Yeah. And whatever you had in that slot before, the shopkeeper will automatically buy from you yeah and then at half price at half price and then he will ask you if that's okay oh which okay is not really a, that's true i don't i don't think of it as a medieval word right but i'm sure if i looked it up someone i'm sure someone right now is saying like <laughs> well actually anyways uh yeah it's kind of unfortunate like a lot of a lot of things with rpgs where it's like oh i'm about to get the next weapon or armor i can sell my old one to get the last chunk of money but you can't do that here you know yeah you can't there is no option to sell anything which i mean honestly uh 
the price inflation for your weapons like it makes it almost worthless anyways because they more than double in cost like from weapon to next level weapon so it's really not going to save you much money anyhow yeah i remember plenty of times uh going to a new town going to a new shop seeing what they have on offer and seeing the price and in my mind thinking like i'm gonna have to fight for so long uh, that's in order when to afford that. The game not so subtly hints where it's like, <laughs> you're going to need to fight some different monsters because yeah. it's not happening here. Yeah. And uh, so with that said, would you like to move on to our level by level? Certainly. Now, this is a little different. We don't actually have levels uh, as you would in a real game, but you do have experience levels, so I, we'll just kind of run with that title. Okay. <laughs> but, uh... Well, you start the game off. Uh, you are in Tantagel Castle. You will, you're in the room with uh, King Loric, and you know he kind of informs you uh, the Dragon Lord has come. You are a descendant of the great hero Erdrick. You are supposed to defeat him. Um, he has also kidnapped the Princess Gwalyn. But King Loric actually doesn't tell you that Gwalyn has been kidnapped. Oh, yeah, it's true. That you have to talk to the guards and yeah. other people. Yes, you find that out later. So her dad is more worried about you rescuing the balls of light from the Dragon Lord and defeating the Dragon Lord and doesn't mention the fact that his uh, daughter, Princess Gwalyn, has been kidnapped by said Dragon Lord. Oh, he puts the... He really puts his country first, man. He's suffering in silence. <laughs> or maybe he's just, uh, you know, too many medicinal herbs. Anyhow, um, I think this is really good uh, first room because you have to, A, talk to the people. So you, 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 the game requires you to figure out how to talk using the menus. You have to open chests and get keys and use stairs all before you can get out of the first room. Mm -hmm. So it kind of runs you through that, you know, right away. And, and it also immediately introduces you to the sound effect that you will hear every time you bump <laughs> into something immovable, say a wall or a person who gets in your way. Uh, and that sound is sort of like a, I don't know, doink yeah, from, well, it, from like Hanna-Barbera cartoons. It really makes you feel dumb because especially, you know, the controls are a little laggy so you can get that like like right in a row where you're like, oh, I get it, I'm stupid. Mm -hmm. All right, don't rub it in. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so now you're free to explore the rest of Tantagel Castle, which, you know, you can see there's some doors that you can't open yet. You, you talk to people, they give you various clues. Princess Gwalyn's taken to the east somewhere, and yeah, you know. Um, there is one guy who is a, a great resource in Tantagel Castle. There's a wizard behind a desk in the like bottom right corner of, of the, the castle, and he will restore all of your MP every time you talk to him. I wish he had a name, but he doesn't have uh, a name. Well, He's so useful. You're going to talk to him so much. Yeah, and well, the big thing is that it, it can be kind of deceptive because if you talk to him at the very beginning, you don't have any MP yet. So it, he'll just say some, you know, he's like, may the light shine upon you, and, and it flashes, and you're like, great, thanks. Thanks for the light. Thanks, man. But later, once you actually earn MP, then, you know, you'll realize he's restoring it. And this, uh, especially early on, is a great boon because you can grind monsters and then when you start to get low um, on hit points, you can just heal yourself, go back to him. Instead of spending money at an inn, you can just use heal spells repeatedly over and over, letting him restore your MP for free. Yeah, you can disrespectfully use your MP in front of him, <laughs> and he will restore it. Yeah, it's like eating, it's like ordering food to go and then just eating it right there yeah. like a jerk. <laughs> but yeah, so um, right, and then when you finally leave Tantagel Castle, you will see right across the water, 
is Charlock Castle, which is where the Dragon Lord is, and uh, you will also see your first town near, very nearby, uh, Breconary. And this is where you know you'll go there. That's got your first stores, um, and the, from King Loric's uh, throne room, you should have 120 gold pieces. You'll have no equipment, so you need to buy some stuff here. And this is your first choice, really. In uh, the same room where you get that gold, you do get a torch and a magic key. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because you have to use that key to get out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they've they connected those dots already. Yeah, that's another thing it teaches you right away. Because if you walk up to that door, you get doink, doink. <laughs> so um, now here you're presented with a choice where you have 120 gold. And you can buy, you have enough money to buy a club is 60 and the leather armor is 70. So you cannot afford both. So you can either kind of get the, you know, the classic conundrum was leather pole and, or I'm sorry, (laughs) bamboo pole and leather armor or club and clothes. So uh, which option did you take? Well, uh, the first time I went to Breconary to shop, I went the clothes and club route. Okay. This is what I did. That was always my standard as a youth. And my second time around, a uh, little wiser, uh, instead of buying the clothes, I just bought the club and went out, earned more gold. Uh, yeah, because you only need 10 more yeah, to, to afford the leather armor. To afford the leather armor. So instead of wasting money on clothes, I just bought some monsters book naked <laughs> until I could afford the leather, went back, bought the leather. So Yeah, same here. Um that was something I just tried for the first time this time. And when I was originally playing, like I went through and timed it out where I was like, if you get the club and clothes, how long does it take you to get to the next? Believe me, just club and, and leather armor is the way to go. Yeah, definitely. You also definitely want to pick up a dragon scale. You know, might as well get that out of the way right now. Get a few extra defense points or whatever out yeah. of it. You can find that in this uh, town. That's in the general store. Mm-hmm. The only other item in the weapon store would be the small shield oh yeah you're gonna want one of those sooner or later as well Mm -hmm. but i mean this is you just started the game so buckle in for some grinding um yeah (laughs) yeah and definitely don't don't buy any herbs i don't think at this point in time um i you mentioned before how many hit points herbs return to you which you don't even have that many hit points no you don't yeah don't worry about those unless you're really desperate but yeah. yeah but uh if you can just uh just fight grind and you cycle through your heal spell, go back to the old man. I wish he had a name. We should name him something. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he will give healer. you a healer. Um, so he'll give you a free refill on your hit points. Yeah, and you just grind it out. Yeah, um, you're going to be fighting a lot of slimes, red slimes, and drakeys here. And they're, they're not too tough. Um, as soon as you get the hurt spell, I found that the, if you had... Just north, there's some mountains just north of Tantagel and Breconary, and there's some uh, some hills right there. I, I would uh, level up a lot there because you can use the Hurt spell to kill ghosts in pretty much one hit. And then between doing that, you know, about level five, I think, is when I would move on. Um, Isn't there something about the hills, like grinding in hills? Oh well, um, the so the different terrains affect the uh, frequency of monster encounters with the hills being the most frequent, and then forests in the middle, and then obviously plains are empty there at the bottom. <clears throat> but uh, I believe that also uh, kind of staggers it towards the, you know, like in the hills you'll fight the stronger monsters from that encounter area as opposed to just all of them randomly. Yeah, I actually found a chart mm-hmm. that tells you exactly. Um, 
So if you are fighting in the hills, uh, you will always fight strong enemies. Mm-hmm. Strong enemies mean more experience points. Yeah, yeah. Which here, the strong ones will be ghosts for now. Ghosts, <laughs> yeah. Which are ghosts of witches, I guess, because they're regular, like, Slimer boo ghosts, but they have witches hats. Yeah, they do look like Slimer a lot. They have a huge tongue, like very uh, Rolling Stones almost. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's a drastic difference between the slimes and drakies that you fight because those look um, so simple. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get this ghost, this uh, cartoony ghost. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, yeah. So uh, about level five, um, you know, you should have gotten some clues now that if you head north to the sea, and then west you'll get to the next town, which is Garenham. Um, and along the way, you will see a cave that you may have avoided. You may have noticed it before and avoided it, but yeah, I was just going it right away. Um, it's a it's a pretty small cave. You're going to need a torch, obviously, but there are no enemies in this cave. Obviously you need a torch, because I didn't know. <laughs> I needed a torch. I had no clue. I just walked in. And it's total black except for your square that yeah. you are occupying, and you can't see anything. Uh, but if you move around, you can hear the doink, doink, doink. Yeah, that's true. There are some walls. dungeons like where you're like, all right, I, I ran out of torch. Or uh, your torch will last forever, but your radiant will deteriorate. Mm-hmm. So if you run out of illumination, you can actually navigate by bumping yourself into the walls. Yeah. But But it's tough. I don't recommend it. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, so um, in this cave, you'll just find uh, there's Erdrich's tablet. gives you a little more clues to the story. No, no big whoop. And uh, then you can move on to Garenham. Mm-hmm. Um, this town is up in the northwest, and uh, I believe was founded by the bard Garen. That's correct, Nick. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, there's more equipment for sale here, so more grinding. Um, yeah. You'll see, by now you might have the copper sword, um, the copper sword you can buy, yeah, in Breconary. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like 120 gold 180. or something. 180. 180, okay. Yeah. So you're like, yeah, man, I just got my copper sword. It was really expensive. Time uh-huh. to go. And then you get here and you're like, well, next weapon, hand axe, is like 500 gold. So you're like, ugh. Yeah, and large shield. Yeah. I think that's the first thing that's, uh, you know, in the in the four digits, four figure range oh, for yeah. gold. Now, at this point, I would... Um, you know, of course, you're going to keep grinding. Um, there is another, if you head back towards Tantagil, and to the southwest of it, there's some hills there. And the very bottom line of the hills that you can walk on is actually in a different enemy encounter zone. So you can fight some really strong monsters like skeletons or scorpions and stuff, but you're, you're real close to Tantagil, so you can, uh, re- uh, you can heal and refill for free. So that's where I spend a lot of time. Yeah, and... That's actually, that's a side effect of how the encounters are, you know, uh, superimposed over the map of Alephgard. Yeah, it's like a big 8 by 8 grid of squares that each have an enemy uh, set that you can encounter in there. Yeah, they're not all squares. Um, Some of them, you know, span, you know, different kind of shapes. Um, And so that area you're talking about, that's where um, two different encounter terrains are meeting and it overlapped over those impassable mountains yeah. by one strip of hills yeah, so that's so. that that's that space that you're talking about yeah that's the one um and these are monsters that um you know now after having investigated garenham there you would head to the west generally um where you'll find another town coal and you head to the east yeah you're right east 
So you head to the east and uh, towards Cole, uh, you'll find the same kind of monsters as you would in that strip of uh, hills. Uh, you'll find those around Cole. You would go over two bridges, I think. Mm-hmm. And you'll find this town. Um, they have a famous uh, bath there that cures rheumatism. That's true. <laughs> they do. And uh, uh, there is an area you can investigate to the west of here. There's a little uh, cave kind of to the northwest. You have to loop around, and that's where... You'll find the... Yeah, so he'll tell you, if you go to that cave, it's another wise old man with a long beard, and he'll tell you about the silver harp that uh, I believe it's buried with Garin the Bard, and that's yeah. a clue because you know that Garingham was uh, founded by the Bard Garin, so mm-hmm. his grave must be there. Yeah, and uh, you can't quite get there yet There's because there's, you need a key, so... What do you do now? Well, if you head south, that you'll see uh, south of from coal, you'll see there's uh, what's known as a swamp cave. Kind of, there's a bunch of poisonous marsh you got to walk through to get to this cave. That you know, you can see two caves facing each other over this little channel of water, so you know. And this cave is a, uh, it's really straightforward. It's one of the few ones I almost always navigate in the dark because it's almost a straight shot. You go all the way down. But uh, And you can just pass right through. You'll fight some neat new enemies, drolls, druins, uh, subterranean monsters. And uh, But this is also the cave where if you if you head to the right a little bit and through the mazier part, you'll eventually encounter a green dragon, which will probably destroy you at this level. Like, I don't know, you know, you might be level 6 by now. I usually would grind up to about level 8 is when I headed down through this cave to get to this other continent where you will uh, eventually find the next town of Rimuldar. Rimuldar is a sweet town to run into. Yeah, so you get to the town of Rimuldar, and this is where you can buy magic keys. Yes, so it'll open up a lot of doors, literally. <laughs> and um, you might want to grind around here. I did. Um, I found success, you know, I was about level 8, so I now had the sleep spell, and I found that using that on... Metal scorpions and the wolves that you fight, you know, they're a pretty good reward. And you know, I would just fight them until I ran out of MP and rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. Well, also in Rimaldar, you can buy wings, those wyvern mm-hmm. wings that will return you to Tantagel. So that's a boon because you know, like the the rinse and repeat cycle of uh, fight, heal, fight, heal until you run out of MP, go get it refilled, and you do that. But then you have to walk back. Yeah. To lots of walking, man. Lots of walking, yes. So getting to return to the castle is wonderful. But if you had something in mind that you were doing on another in another area or on another continent or island, just remember you have to walk back there. Yeah, you can kind of shortcut it. Like for example, you know there are some doors in Tantagel you might want to explore, so you can load up, get some magic keys, then take some wings back. Yeah, there's always a reason to return to any of the towns, well, most of the towns that you visit. So, yeah, the, the trekking, it's it's really broken up by that. Like, you want to return to towns because the first time you go there, there's an area that you could not access. Now you can. Yeah, and um, to the south of Rimildar is uh, another little cave area, which is like an underground temple. You know, you cross that bridge and there's a little island, and but the guy will just kick you out unless you can prove that you are Erdrick's descendant. Yeah, yeah, he kicks you out, literally. You just <laughs> disappear and reappear outside of that cave. 
So, yeah, but when I was playing around here, um, you know, I was leveling up. I was doing the grinding with the sleep spell, like I said. And, spoilers, uh, that green dragon in the cave is uh, it's guarding Princess Gwaylin. Yes. So, what I would do is, like, I got to level 9. I just leveled up, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go take a run at this dragon. Got destroyed. And I just kept, you know, I was like, whatever, I'll take, you know, level 10. I'll try again. And I actually beat him. I got really lucky, which I think is pretty early. Like, I was almost dead, but, you know, when you're fighting that dragon, you're just trying to put him to sleep and beat him down before he wakes back up. And I was able to just barely do it. The last time I cast sleep on him, he stayed asleep. So I was able to get uh, save the princess pretty early. Yeah, I think I beat him at 10th level as well. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly, you know, what the good level... I mean, I feel like if you were 11 or 12, it'd probably be a sure bet. You really could just take him down without a problem. Mm -hmm. But it's a lot of fun. You you find the princess in there, and then you get to carry her all the way home. You get to carry the princess. She jumps immediately into your arms. I mean, you don't see (laughs) her do it. She just... Your figure just suddenly has a princess in its arms. (laughs) Um, But you carry her the entire way home. Yeah. So... You can use wings. Yeah, if you're a classy fella, yeah, give her a ride. Yeah, if you're a classy fella, you can, you can fly back. Um, yeah, return her to her father. And she does bestow upon you a reward for returning her to Tantagel Castle, doesn't she? Yeah, the Gwaylin's Love. Gwaylin's Love. Which, um, if you use it, like, uh, normally when you talk to the king, he'll also tell you how many XP you need to get to the next level. Now, by using this item, you can see that wherever you are. As well as it tells you kind of your XY coordinates or how far away from Tanta Jail Castle you are. How many leagues. Yes, yeah. leagues. Which She will tell you how many leagues you are from her. It seems pretty useless for now, but it will come in later. Well, now, okay. I Now it's time to go to the Grave of Garin up in Garnham. Oh, you went to the Grave of Garin. No. What about the, um, the Rock Cave? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I did do that first. Yeah, yeah. To, yeah, because that is... Well, it's, it's south you know, of Garnham. Yeah, it's south of Garnham. And actually, I went there before fighting the Green Dragon and rescuing the princess. I think I might have also. I can't remember when, because it's not that tough. It's it's definitely easier than the dragon and stuff. Yeah. I might, a, must have forgotten. <laughs> yeah, it's not that tough. And it was the first cave that I went into where there were monsters to fight. Mm. The very first cave that you go in, that Erdrix cave where you get the tablets, there are no monsters there, so it just acquaints you with the use of a torch. Mm-hmm. But in this cave, there are monsters, there's multiple levels, stairs that you have to stare up and yeah, down. Yeah. And it it's a it's a really fun dungeon, I believe. And your okay. reward is the fighter ring that you find in a chest. Yeah, it's another it's kinda of like the dragon scale. It's an item, you use it once, and then you get... I, I'm not sure exactly what it... It gives you a little bonus for fighting, like yeah. critical hits or something? Or? So the Fighter's Ring, it does actually give you a bonus. It increases your chance of critical strikes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nice. So it is handy, because um, when you get those critical strikes, you get that extra sentence of encouragement, yeah. saying that you did really well. An excellent blow. An excellent blow. Excellent job. So that's worth it. And again, like you were saying, it's it's not an item that you equip. It doesn't show up on your right. um, equipment when you check your status. And it's not something you use over and over. But if you do go into your item menu, it is there. Mm-hmm. And if you click on it, 
after you used it the first time, it will... So the fighter's ring, it doesn't show up in your equipment, but it does show up in your item. And you can click on it and use it, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. um, and a message will come up and say that you adjusted the ring. Right. That nothing yeah. happened. Yeah. 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 But yeah, so you can head through that one. It's not too bad. There are a few. Are there chests in here? I know there's some you can get in Tantra Gel in, across the whole game, with the exception of certain weapons and stuff. Any treasure chests are almost worthless. They give you gold in these piteously low amounts yeah, that is almost worthless. like 10, 10 or 11. Yeah, not worth it. It's like they don't even give you enough money to buy the key back you might have used to get in these rooms, you know? It's not you know, cool. There is one chest, though, that has, I think, about 118 gold in it or 120 gold. Okay, that's not too bad. It's in the final dungeon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, where you have 40,000 gold. <laughs> where you have 40,000 gold and nothing to nothing, buy. <laughs> you can't buy anything. Yikes. So, anyways, the Grave of Garenham. Ah, uh, yes, the Grave of Garen. Or the Grave of Garen, but it's in Garenham. Mm -hmm. uh, you need a key. It's you know you go through this door and you kind of have to walk into. There's a, a black black wall at the end, like where you just pass through. And there's the entrance to the cave is behind this big room. And be careful because once you walk through that wall, you're actually on the outside of the building. And there's only like two stripes that you can two spaces. walk along. Yeah. And if you walk out, then you're out of the town. And you wasted that key. Yeah, that's true. Which, yeah, <laughs> I did that two times. Oh, that's no fun. Um, this, uh, you know, this is just another dungeon, really. Um, you're searching for the harp. Um, at this point, I did... I'm trying to think. I think I had the... I know I had the broadsword. Half plate, maybe? Okay. Maybe full plate. I don't know. And uh, probably still the small shield. Or maybe the large shield by now. But, you know, I constantly, you always want the best equipment you can afford, obviously. But... I didn't have any problems with this dungeon. Uh. No, I had no difficulty with this dungeon either. And another thing I don't think we've really touched upon is how useful the command run is yes. in fights. Yeah, so if you do get somewhere, say a dungeon, um, where it's easy to, it can be easy to get lost, uh, you're running into enemies and... Getting running, low on MP. Yeah, yeah, getting low on supplies... Uh, you can run from them. And run is usually really effective, except for the times where it isn't, when the enemy blocks your path and attacks you. I There are a few times I couldn't get away, but I would say 90 to 95% of the times I could run away within two turns mm -hmm. of encountering. So, I mean, I use a lot, and which answer a lot of questions for me, because I've always been a runner in a lot of uh, RPGs where it's like, I'm going to fight the boss, I just run all the way till I get there, and... It works pretty well in this game. And I think that I never did that in RPGs that I have played, but this game taught me the <laughs> usefulness of run. Although, I mean, even though this game, like, you know, Grave of Garin, there's no bosses. Like, none of these caves, there's the Dragon Lord. He's the boss. Yeah. I guess, in a way, that green dragon is kind of a mini-boss. You fight him to rescue the princess, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah, there are no bosses in any of the, the caves or other adventures that you go on. Yeah, so come down here and you get your silver harp. Yep, and we know where that goes. Mm -hmm. It goes to that fella in the cave over by the town of Cole. Yeah. Yep, and so once you've uh, 
fetch the silver heart to him. He will bestow upon you the staff of rain. Staff of rain, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, that's kind of a. There have been townspeople's messages and lore where they talk about, you know, Eredric made a rainbow bridge over, and you need sunlight and rain to create a rainbow. So this is the rain half of that equation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so you done that. Now what? If you're me, I, you know, I'm like, all right, time to start grinding again. I thought I'd go check out some areas south of the the cave south of Garnham, which mm-hmm. is some really tough enemies. And there's also the ruined town of Hawksness. Oh, yes. I actually encountered that town. It's a rough town. It's a rough town. <laughs> Unlike other towns, there are no people in this town. As previously mentioned by other town folks that you have talked yeah, to, they tell yeah. you, oh, there's this ruined city. Uh, it was like swallowed up by darkness because of the dragon lord. So when you enter this town, it's... Not populated by people. No, it's all by busted monsters. up, too. Yeah. So it's uh, monsters like... I think it's the first time you have werewolves. Okay, yeah, I can see. I know there's like... What do you get, like, star wyverns in there? There's some... Yeah. Now, eventually, you will get clues much later. But since this was a replay for me, I already knew that this is where Eredric's armor is hidden. So I, um, you know, I'd be out grinding and, I, I you know... I got up to level 11, and I was like, I want to see if I can get in there. And just I ran away from everything because all these monsters will destroy you. And you get to a certain spot, and um, you can search there, and you will encounter an Axe Knight. And if you can beat him, you'll get Eredric's armor. And I did it at level 11. I was so proud of myself. Like I did die twice trying it, but I was like, eh, I'll give it another try. Walk down there, and I got this before, so I didn't even buy the magic armor. I went straight from full plate to Eredric's armor, which is really awesome because while the magic armor will heal you a hit point every other step, uh, Eredric's armor gives you a hit point back every step, and you're immune to poison swamps now. Oh, wow. See, my first uh, my first encounter at Har- Haw- Hawksness, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, um, that's when I really learned about how this game tells you you don't belong somewhere until you're a higher level. Because I walked into there, the first thing that I came across killed me in one hit. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, this this means I I really have to level up before I do this. Yeah, I didn't expect, you know, kind of like when I was fighting that green dragon where I was like, I'm I'm just grinding nearby. I'll just give it a try every time I level up. And, you know, I, I got lucky pretty early on. So, And this really helps you with grinding because then, you're gaining hit points back as you're walking around, so you don't have to use as many heal spells or ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now here I am, level 11, and now it's time for the great grind, as I call it. Uh, I spent most of my time down around uh, Rimuldar. If you go south, again, where there's that cave where the guy will kick you out. Um, this is where I spent a lot of time grinding. There are goldmen here who are worth a lot of money, so I was trying to save up to buy the... Uh, the final sword and shield that you can get in, well, there's only one town left, which is Cantlin, but we haven't got there yet. Yeah, so, no. yeah, lots of grinding here for lots, certain. Yeah, lots of grinding here. And that is a really good spot because it's goldmen, wyverns, and wolf lords. And the the average, I think, that you can, you can get, if you just kind of average out the XP that you would get from all those fights, it's like around 20. So yeah. if you're trying to calculate how long it's going to take, you can. I, I just sort of use that as a rule of thumb. Yeah, this, okay. So I spent about an hour and a half grinding here to get up to like level 14 or 15. Um, 
Then I moved on to some areas south of Hawkness, and you know, there's some hills down there where you can fight metal slimes, which you might think is the way that they're like the gold men of experience because killing one will give you 115 experience, which is huge. But those bastards run away too much. Yeah, like I encountered one one time and it ran away immediately. I, I would keep track, and I found that I was generally able to kill about one-third of these slimes, metal slimes that I encountered before they ran away. Yeah. And in general, not really worth it. As soon as you can, you want to move on to the harder ones. Um, this is where, I so at level 13, I decided to try and take a run at Cantlin. Um, down in Rimuldar, you do get a clue that, was it Howard left this magic flute, the fairy flute, three or four steps south of the uh, famous bath in Cole. Mm -hmm. So if you get that flute, you you have to use it against uh, the Guardian of Cantlin. It's a walled city with one entrance. And if you go through there, there's a set encounter, which is the Golem. And every time you use the fairy flute, it'll put him to sleep. You know, he'll still wake up and fight you. But I went there at level 13 and got crushed. So that's when I was, you know, all right, well, I'm grinding up to 15 and I'll come back. And then at level 15, it was easy as pie. So I kind of feel like you might be able to make it through at level 14. So I was level 15 when I encountered the the golem too. And I knew exactly what I was doing. I had that fairy flute, you know, that I had found in Cole, mm -hmm. which is that item and uh, Erdrick's armor. Those are the only two times you use the search option. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> which I didn't know. So there, I wasted so much time. Like I'd be in an area and I think, Oh, this looks it's magical. Something yeah. stashed here. Um, but yeah, so you only use search two times, and it's for the fairy flute, Erdrick's armor. Yeah, it's not like, uh, you know, like in later Final Fantasies where you're like, oh, I'm searching all these, you know, buckets or barrels. There might be a potion or something. There aren't even any potions here. There are no potions. There are no potions in Alfgard. So yeah, you can make it. This this is the final town. It's the biggest one. It's full of lots of stores. You can buy any weapon and armor here. Even though the only ones you'll be interested in are the final ones, the flame sword, and uh, the silver shield. Uh, I had enough to afford both of them by level 15, and I got here. You know, I didn't even see the silver shield, and didn't buy it when we were talking about oh really armor at the beginning. And you said, oh, you forgot the silver shield, and I was like, well, that's because I. Oh, didn't, hey, that's I impressive. I don't remember seeing man. it. Yeah. yeah, you beat it without it. Oh. Yeah, just a large shield. But yeah, so uh, here, you know, I got some stuff. This is where you'll find there are several people who will give you the clues to put together the mystery of the location of Erdrick's armor, where it's like, um, my grandfather Wynn was the blacksmith, and he buried his greatest treasure behind his store. And then another guy will tell you, like, Wynn had the Erdrick's armor, or, you know, all this stuff, so... Put that together, but if, so if you didn't know of it already, like myself, then this is where the clues come from. It's also, you can find Nestor of Howard and Nestor fame here, because they're both, I think Howard's in Remuldar and Nestor's here, and they were uh, comic characters in Nintendo Power. Oh. Howard's based on Howard Phillips, the Game Master. Wow. Do you think maybe that's the first Easter egg? Uh, well, maybe in Dragonware. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so um, after, you know, uncovering Cantlin, now it was real. It was, well, now you want to get, you'll find a clue where a guy will tell you that proof of Erdrich's lineage is 70 leagues south of Tantagil and uh, I think 40 to the west. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so that's when you'll be like, oh, that's what I use Gwaylin's love for. And basically it's out in the middle of the swamp south of Cantlin. Yeah, it's right in the middle of a swamp. 
which so obviously you kind of want Eredric's armor beforehand or you're going to be taking a bunch of damage but you can go get that it's not that great but I mean it's only used it's a story item so you grab that you might want you know you're going to want to level up to level 20 eventually around here and the only thing left after that is to like you can head back to Tantagel use the key go around the edge to get your stones of sunlight mm -hmm. then when you have the Stones of Sunlight and the Staff of Rain, you can go to... And proof that you are yeah. Edric's heir. And Edric's token. So you head back down to south of Rimuldar, go to that guy in the temple. Now he will turn your Staff of Rain and Stones of Sunlight into the Rainbow Drop, which you will then use to go to this little peninsula you can see to kind of on the northwest of Rimuldar. There's one spot where you go there... Use the rainbow drop. It looks like a land bridge that's slightly broken, and it conjures up a magical rainbow bridge that just looks like a normal bridge. Looks like all the other bridges. But you do get a big spectral effect in the water, like all the different colors. But mm -hmm. So now you're there. You're on the island with Charlock Castle. Although I, I kind of messed up because I think at level... I waited until I was level 17, and I had heal more, because Charlock Castle has two things in it. There's a Dragon Lord, and there's Erdrick's Sword. And you can get Erdrick Sword. I might be able to do it before 17. I would just cast Repel over and over, and I would go in and, you know, there's several levels of this dungeon. It can be pretty complex. If you were just trying to find your way through it, there's so many stairs, you could get lost easily. But I use maps. Yeah, well, my first stab at it, I was like, well, I'm just going to try it out, see how it goes. And... No, I remember you. You well. You ended up almost getting to the Dragon Lord, and I was like, "Did you get Erdrick's sword yet?" Yeah. And you were like, "Oh no, like, no, I, have I didn't. to go back." Yeah. So I made it all the way to the Dragon Lord, just searching around on my own, and um, didn't have the sword. Yeah. And I was just kind of running out of time. Game of Thrones was going to be coming on, <laughs> so I I did look up a map, and in this map the stairs are lettered, and it's A through. Yeah, there's a ton of stairs. Through T or A through There's like you. V. Yeah, yeah, through U actually, yeah. So there's that many um, stairs. So yeah, you can get lost very easily. Um, I went through this a little earlier because I was like, I want Erdrick's Sword to help me speed up my grinding for the last big push, you know, from 17 to 20. That's but, a good idea. Like I went in there and got the sword and then left. Because you can, like I waited till I had to heal more because I was like, I could get clobbered in here. These monsters are very tough. But... Yes. I didn't ever use it, so I was like, man, I probably could have done this at level 16 instead of 17, but I did that, and then I, you know, I headed back to just south of Cantlin and fought, you know, star wyverns and werewolves and such over and over, green dragons even, yeah. um, until I was ready to take on the Dragon Lord. Yeah, and the monsters that you fight in this dungeon, I mean, they get harder and harder as you go, and also as you... You go lower yeah, in the descending. dungeon. As you descend, the music slows down. Yeah, it, it slows down. It gets kind of deeper. It's, it's pretty creepy. cool. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. And it's creepy. a neat touch. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you make it down to the very bottom uh, floor of, the, of Charlock Castle. And you'll see it actually kind of looks like a castle here as opposed to just a dungeon. But, you know, you you can see the Dragon Lord over in his corner and you got to make your way around. Uh, I frustratingly died here once because... I'm running from all the monsters, and you'll see, you know, red dragons, blue dragons, armored knights, and a red dragon put me to sleep and killed me. I was like, oh. Yeah. But, well, and some of them, you know, these are the enemies that are harder to run away from. Oh, yeah. So yeah. sometimes... And repel doesn't work as well and either. Repel doesn't work as well. 
Um, so my so my first attempt didn't get the sword. Second attempt, I tried to try to get there and was immediately just killed by enemies that come before the dragon lord. Mm-hmm. So died. Um, so the wise thing to do is once you have Erdrich's sword, leave the dungeon. Yeah, yeah. Go go heal. Oh yeah, you shouldn't do that in one run, man. No, that's, that's no, crazy definitely talk. don't do it in one run. Yeah, so leave, cast outside, then cast return, go back to Tantagel, heal yourself up, and then repel. Keep casting repel. Walk all the way back there, and run away from everything as much as you can until you get back to the floor with the Dragon Lord. Yeah. Um. So you can see him standing in his little throne, and and as you approach him, he makes you an offer. Where he says he will give you half of the world if you join his side. Yes. I remember this from the first time when I was a kid and beat it. I couldn't resist. I had to say yes. <laughs> and uh, then he asks you, he's like, really? And you're like, yeah. And he's like, you'll have half of the world and half the darkness and something where it's like, if you die, I can bring you back. And then he just starts laughing and the screen, you know, all the, it looks like you're almost dead. Like all the letters turn red and stuff. And then it just stops. And you have to reset, hard reset. Oh, no. But if you say no, then you can just battle him. And uh, it's, a, it's a pretty interesting. You see him, he's a little wizard guy, kind of. He'll cast, like, hurt more and attack you. Mm-hmm. Not too tough. Not too tough. But, but there is a second form. There is. And this legitimately shocked me when I was, this is the first time I ever saw, like, oh, my, God, there's a second form? And it was like this, you know, he's a big... Uh, cool looking dragon like he's actually stepping over the frame where you you know the the box where you see the enemies his foot's coming out into the uh text part and that's when he really starts he's really hard um i was basically healing every other round using heal more when i was fighting him and i barely beat him yeah yeah it's really by the skin of your teeth and the my first time i had no idea there were two forms yeah so i died yet again for the third (laughs) time uh trying to to defeat the dragon lord um so yeah, the final the final time I was prepped, but yeah, you just heal like every other. Yeah, it's like heal, attack, heal, attack, basically. Yeah. Um, heal, and attack, then pray. I was down. Pray yourself. <laughs> like, yeah, I was able to. Uh, I was down. I I was at like two MP. Like I'd use my last heal more, and I was like, well, looks like I'm just gonna go out slugging. And I was able to kill him. So yeah. I was very. I was like, whew, by the skin of my teeth. Yeah, very satisfying. Yeah, so you kill the Dragon Lord, and you find the Ball of Light, and you use it, and it's like, all oh, the dra- darkness goes away, and you will um, you get all of your HP and MP restored, so you can just cast outside and then repel, or I'm sorry, and return, return to go back to the... I don't even know. I think there might not be any monsters anymore, but I didn't check it out in the overworld. I didn't tempt that, no. But, yeah, you'll head back into Castle Tantagel. Uh, you'll see some trumpeteers awaiting you with King Loric and Princess Gwaylin. And uh, he, you know, has a pretty cool ending. He offers you his kingdom. But, no, you refuse because you're like, if I have a kingdom, I would find it on my own. And Princess Gwaylin wants to come with you, so she hops in your arms again, and you're off to discover a new world. And, you know, you get credits and stuff and a little text thing. It's a pretty, it's a pretty neat ending, I thought. Yeah, I definitely I took a picture of it. Yeah, there are there are some slightly different endings um, as well. Basically, um, you can choose not to rescue Princess Gwaylin at all. Oh. 
and you'll just get there and she's not standing there you get the exact same ending except the parts where she would be like i want to come too or i love you it's like she just doesn't say anything yeah so. oh she does tell you yeah she does say i love you yeah i love thee i love thee several times i love it it's so cheesy um, yeah i have met thee once but I and then thee. you can also if you rescue her carrying her around you can just carry her for the rest of the game and never talk to the king <laughs> <laughs> and so you can beat it like that and it's exactly the same as the ending except you're already carrying her so you just walk off you know wow so pretty cool um i thought yeah very cool all right ready to review this baby yeah let's do it let's do this all right so for our review systems, uh, we, we just use the Nintendo Power one that we stole. And uh, it starts, there's four categories, scores from zero to five, uh, starting with graphics and sound. What did you put for graphics and sound? Well, I gave it a 2.5. Wow, I scored it lower. I gave it a two. Okay, well, I mean, I don't, it's mostly on the music. I really like the music a lot. It's yeah. not exactly quality, but I really like the composition, and I thought it was very, like, medieval-y. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't as impressed with the music and just the the graphics and stuff. There's just not much to it. I yeah, mean, it's, there's yeah, it's not just great. simple squares. Everything is just laid out in a in a perfect grid, which I mean I, I like in real life, <laughs> uh, but but not in my games. And I mean, all you do is move up, down, left, right, you know, through the terrain. Um, and I had to subtract some points for the doink. Yeah. <laughs> side effect right. for when you bump into something that you can't go through and um, I thought it was a little inconsistent with the monsters where it's um, I mean I guess just for the first couple where it's like they're so simple like slimes yeah. and drakeys but and then as you go you get like the more cartoony detailed ones and as the monsters get stronger it's the same sprites Oh yeah, you get a lot Different of sprites. Maybe yeah. like mirrored, you know. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, kind of the same thing. And I mean, that's and I'm trying to be fair too because I am one of the few people in the world apparently who's not a fan of Akira Toriyama's work. So um, <laughs> at this point, you can barely even tell it's his stuff because of how you know the graphics aren't that great, anyways. Yeah. But in the later games, when it starts to really come through, you're like, oh, I can see it's his stuff now, and I'm. You know, a lot of people really like his enemy monster designs, and I'm just not a fan. What was your favorite enemy monster design? Oh, it's the Druins. The Druins? Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I thought they were cool and weird. Yeah. I like the droll magis. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah both are weird cave monsters. Yeah, yeah, just like weird cave monsters with like eyes on stalks. Yeah, like the the monsters that you encounter in this uh, that have eyes, they're all kind of giving you this like cutesy yeah well he's got this cutesy cartoon yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. okay so how did you score this game for play control well i gave it a four i mean to be fair it's an rpg with menus what what did you give it i gave it a 1.5 because um i just felt that you know it has all these menus you don't need they could have mapped it all to one button like they normally do i mean there's not much to an rpg really so i was like you know if 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 they would have taken out the uh, stairs, door, take, search, and combined it all into just one button press, yeah, I would have given it. And then I think it would be a 2.5 to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I kind of, I don't know. I mean, to be fair, it is just a just yeah, menu. I, hey, I it's, mean, what's, what's your opinion? To, you know, to not... control. <laughs> well, I just want to give you the right answer. Yeah, you failed. <laughs> what about the challenge? 
Uh, challenge, I gave it a four. Okay, I give it a three. A three. Um, and I think that it's pretty clear for the most part. It's it's not a game that's that obtuse. You, if you just talk to everybody in the five meager towns, you will figure out what to do. Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of mystery. Um, everything is provided for you. Really, I mean, the reason I gave it a, a, this high of a challenge is because it's just the grinding. Like, it is challenging sometimes to just be like, all right, I'm just sitting here for... 30 to 40 minutes to gain one level. Yeah, it definitely it tests your, your fortitude for grinding. It does. Yeah, so that's why I gave it a, a higher challenge. Because, I can see, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really about patience. And because there's not a lot to do. You don't have enough options for there to really be skill. Yeah, or yeah, tactics, exactly, you know? yeah. You're just like fighting away. Maybe I heal sometimes. Yeah. And how did you rate the theme and fun? Well, Nick, I love fantasy settings. As do I. And I thought this game was really fun. And I like grinding in my RPGs. Uh, okay. So I um, I actually rated it a 5. Okay, a 5. Strong. Okay, I give it a 3.5. Oh. Um, I felt like, you know, it's good. It's a basic RPG and stuff. It's just, uh, I wish there was a little more to do. Or, you know, I wish, I mean, and this kind of complaint could be la leveled against many other RPGs, but I'm like, I wish there was more difference between weapons and armor than just being, you know, it's just better. Yeah, A linear progression better. of strength, you know. It's like, eh, you're, you're playing through it, and there are a few opportunities where you get some agency to be like, I did this, where normally you wouldn't, but there's not a lot that's very, you know, it's a linear game that I think is almost at least half padding from leveling up like yeah yeah your time is mostly spent leveling up how long did it take you to beat this game i'm not sure um i would say probably about 10 hours yeah. i think that's about yeah i think mine maybe eight about. to ten maybe because I, I did play this in two chunks and the first chunk was like a month ago oh, <laughs> and okay i came back to my save state yeah well i did it over the course of three days mm. yeah. yeah 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 so yeah you know um so <clears throat> so abby would you recommend this to a fellow gamer I would wholeheartedly recommend this game to, okay. to anyone, fans of RPGs, especially if you haven't played any older OG RPGs. Yeah. I think definitely go back and, and play this one. It kind of you know, takes you back to the roots. I think it would be a very good first RPG. You know, If you're like six or seven or eight, you're yeah. trying to introduce your, 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 your children to uh, this super nerdy stuff. Uh, it's, yeah. a great, it's a great good uh, uh, way to start off. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it for our uh, kind of impromptu uh, cartridge command. I hope uh, everyone enjoyed it. Uh, I know the audio is probably not up to the standards we usually have, but, again, this is uh, kind of improvised. I'd also like to thank the illustrious Abby for helping me out here and playing along uh, one of our favorite games. My pleasure. And uh, so, yeah, and a special thanks to... Uh, Everyone out there, um, all of our Patreons, um, this show is brought to, uh, brought to you by gamers like you. But as always, Cartridge Commandos, game on! Check my levels, too. Yeah, check them out. Check them out. Check your own levels. I'm doing it. Check your levels. Check, check my levels.